Brynn Springer! Hey, Brynn, have you seen Steel Magnolias? Oh my god, yes, I love that movie. Jonesy, you've seen it, right? Uh-uh. Hey, Tony. Yeah. You've seen Dracula, right? Oh, I love that movie. It's so good. Lena, you've seen it. What do you think? Steel Springer! Hey, Brynn, have you seen <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's? Jonesy, you have to have seen it. Oh my god! No! No, I haven't. Of course not. You've Nightmare on Elm Street. It's the best. That movie scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. You know, it scared the out of you. I have not seen that one, and I will be praying for all of your souls. It's your home spring, Alina. I haven't seen it. It's showtime! Hi, welcome to Film Springa, a podcast about all the movies your sheltered friends have never seen. I'm Tony, and I'm here with... I'm Bryn. And... Hey, I'm Lena. <laughs> Our sheltered Tony, friend. <laughs> sheltered friend. <laughs> so you guys, I'm super excited for this week. We have a very fun movie that I am super excited to talk about. It is the 1988 American musical romantic comedy sci-fi film... Earth Girls Are Easy. <laughs> Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh, this was such a joy to watch. I am super excited you, about it. I forgot that this was a full-scale musical. It's me too. I forgot. And I, me, it all came rushing back to me. Like, yeah. this is a musical. I I, I didn't realize. It's a musical. Huh? I would not say it's a musical. I would say it's a movie with musical numbers. It does not have enough numbers to be a musical. Mm, I disagree with you. (laughs) It has. Well, the one thing I loved about it um, was that one of the stars of the film, Julie Brown, she wrote she wrote the film and she wrote a lot of the music for the film. She was one of the writers on the film. She is a goddamn delight. No, which we're going to go get into. Um, I was waiting for a producer, but he's running around <laughs> in a bit. But the film came out in 1988. And the first, the one thing I have to say before we watch the trailer to get everybody in the mood is yeah. it's very 80s, which I love. But we're going to play the trailer to get you guys in the mood for the film. And all of that. So we're going to watch that right now. I'm going to show you something that's going to totally change your life completely forever. She's a brunette from Southern California. And he's not. I need romance. I need surprises. A UFO landed in my pool. They captured me. I fed them Pop-Tarts, but you've got to cut their hair. What did you say? They may be from outer space. So, they can still be dates. I think we could just make them look more sort of human. Hey, come on, everybody. We're doing a makeover. But underneath, they're more than human. Wow. They're incredible. I could fix you up with some birdacious chips, just like that. I can't believe you're printing an alien in front of all these people. I'm going home with him. Are we limp and hard to manage? Wait a minute, are you like coming on to me? Her boyfriend's a doctor. I've never ever been unfaithful to you. Whose treatment is totally alienating. Here comes Dr. Love. And her new love's an alien who's more than accommodating. Do you own your own home or do you rent? Gina Davis, Julie Brown, and Jeff Goldblum in a film directed by Julian Temple and produced by Tony Garnett. I just don't want you to think Earth Girls are easy. Earth Girls are easy. It just makes me so happy to watch the trailer. I know. I love it so much. One thing I do have to say is this cast is so good. You have Gina Davis, for one, Mm -hmm. um, Jeff Goldblum, Jim Carrey, um, Damon Wayans, Julie Brown, Michael McKenney, Charles Rocket. McKeon. McKeon. Michael McKeon. McKeon. Playing the surfer dude. (laughs) The surfer dude. And Michael McKeon, Michael McKeon, and then um, Charles Rocket, who there's an interesting story about him. I found that when I was researching the film. But Bryn, give us a brief, what is the film about for people who may have not seen it? Okay. This delightful musical, Lena, is <laughs> about 
a a valley girl, a girl in Southern California, which I can very much relate to being a Southern California girl myself. She is a nail technician at a salon called Curl Up and Die. I love that. I love that name. So uh, Miss, so it's played by Gina Davis, plays Valerie. Valerie is a nail technician. She is getting ready for her wedding to um, uh, ER doctors at Charles Rocket. Yes. Dr. Dude. Dr. Dude. Um, Dr. Love. So she's trying to spice up their relationship. So by trying to spice hey. up their relationship, she pretends to be someone else. He thinks that she's someone else. And then she catches him in flagrante cheating on her on the eve of their wedding with someone. Mm-hmm. So completely non sequitur, completely un related to the fact that Dr. Love is cheating on her. Her fiance is cheating on her. A spaceship lands in Gina Davis's swimming pool um, with three aliens from, what's it, Gisala? Gisala, I think, yeah. Gisala. Gina Davis befriends these aliens and sort of hilarity and musical, you know, numbers ensue as she's sort of just hanging out with these aliens. She, they need to be able to drain the pool before they can get back in their spaceship and leave. So it's going to take a day to drain the pool. So we are following their shenanigans around Southern California as uh, they're just like living this uh, you know southern california human, fantasy human life yeah. these three. mtv band life yeah <laughs> yeah mtv there are so many we'll get into it there yeah. are, are so many beautiful facets of this film the complexity the human emotions the relationships it's very deep <laughs> so and, deep uh, and I thought, you know, I think we talked about this last time, guys. Yeah. Tony and I having remembered this movie in the period that it was from. Tony and I were afraid it was going to be a little problematic. Yes. And I was really, it was refreshing to see it was not as problematic as I thought it was going to be. There were obviously yeah. bits and pieces of it. For sure. Overarchingly not as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah, it wasn't uh just off of the name alone, you would think it would be a very misogynist misogynistic film, but it turned out not to be as bad as I was thinking <laughs> it was gonna be. If I anything, do think what? the movie needs to be retitled and it could very much be a classic that everyone loves. I feel I'm going like- to disagree with you there. I think that the title says it all and I, I think do we too. need to own. I think Earth Girls can be easy and they can be whatever they want. If we want yeah. to be easy breezy, lemon squeezy doing aliens. <laughs> I would Why have not? Re- I would have retitled this Love Can Be Easy? Question mark? Um, or or Earth Girls my- are easy. Earth Girls Are Easy, or My Very True Adventure of Finding an Alien in My Pool and then Boning Him. <laughs> I like that one there. Do you want That's to attract one. Christians? <laughs> I think oh, the yes. fact that there's aliens in it is not going to attract Christians. Yeah. Uh, maybe Scientology, but that's about it. Yeah, that's this is a very Scientology. Are any of the yeah. people in these movies, is Gina Davis a Scientologist? Is that what she got talked into making this movie? Did. did you know um, in the film that it was originally Madonna was supposed to pay Valerie? I see that. I yeah. can see that. And if you watch the film, there is a scene. I wonder if you caught this, Brent. When she is destroying the the house, her husband's house or her boyfriend's house, During and she's musical. singing her song, um, nice. she pulls off of the one of the the one of the shelves albums. And if you look at the album, it's who's it's that girl? Madonna. Madonna's yeah. who's that girl? Yes. Yeah. So the director so put that in that. there as like an homage to. For the people who knew that Madonna was originally supposed to pay Valerie. Why so did she on pull that out? Note, um, did I Gina forget. Davis sing that song? No. <laughs> no I did not she think did not. so. <laughs> no, but for people, this movie is very, very much night in the 80s. The color, the styling, everything it. about it. Is, I loved and, it. Yeah, and because it was the 80s, one of the cast people in it, Julie Brown, who played Candy, the best friend, I was obsessed with her. I was obsessed with her. Because she had her 
um, videos on MTV. Like, and she had um, a late night show called Just Say Julie. Do you remember mm-hmm. that, Bryn? Oh my it gosh, It was kooky yes. and crazy. It was like, so weird. I used to sneak up after bedtime to go and yeah. watch it. Not that my parents cared, but. Yeah, but well, she started out as a stand-up comedian. And she sense. was like the ultimate valley girl of the 80s. Like she was a quintessential valley girl. That was her shtick. So she decided to put out an album called Trapped in the Body of a White Girl. Um, and a lot of the video, a lot of the music from that album made it into the film. But the videos for that album were on heavy circulation at, on MTV at the time. And that's how she got her show Just Say Julie, which was a late show at night where yep. she pretty much made fun of celebrities and the videos going around. I think we have the actual a clip from the, oh, do the you? show yes, yes, yeah, yes, of yes. Just Say Julie. Lena's innocent mind is about to get blown that this was on actual late. I want to know what else I know her from. I know her from some stuff, but I don't know what. I want to know what your parents thought of MTV just in general. Thinning. (laughs) Come in, MTV, MTV, SOS. It's time for Just Say Julie and MTV. Heck yes. You, you, you are you, you, I'm jealous. I torched Debbie Gibson's car once. Big. You walked in. I woke up. I've never seen a pretty girl look so tough. Every week. Hey, Bobby, let's make a Brady baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I was obsessed with her. Like when I, cause this came out, I remember watching him probably when I was 14 or 15, um, <laughs> the just say Julie show. And it, and it, as a gay, gay young boy, I was like, she just says anything. She's raunchy. She doesn't give a fuck. And she just goes for it. And she puts it all out there. So when this film came out and she was in it, I remember that was one of the n- number one reasons why I wanted to watch this film so bad was because of Julie Brown in it. Yeah, she's I mean so should we talk about what the when we saw this movie, Tony, you and I and Yeah. Yes. Let's do it, it. What it what it has meant to us. Yeah. Because so, this movie, I looked it up, was released in nineteen eighty eight. Yeah. So Bryn, you're younger than me. I don't think I hope you didn't see it when it came out. Cause I was my parents sick. took me to the theater. Um, How old were you, Bryn, when when you saw I it? I was definitely in grade school. Okay. I remember I saw it on like um like TBS or like one of the like replayed somewhere. And it was like back in the day when they were like, they didn't bleep things, they didn't take things yeah. out. They were just, <laughs> this is it. Like this is not bad. Right. And I remember being in grade school and just thinking like the musical numbers, and it was just so and I'm sure that I did not get most of the stuff that was happening, but I got the overall theme of the film, which I think was like colors and horniness. <laughs> horniness. And I was like, and I, on like a, you know, primal level could understand that. Yeah. That I was like, this movie is making me feel some fun things. <laughs> it's got some fun colors. Everyone. So, and this was like, I guess, remember when we were talking when we watched Jason? Yeah. And I was like, it's less horny than I remember. Like, this is the horniness level that I remember from <laughs> As like, a... the, the 90s and, yeah. and late 80s movies that I loved. But I just remember Julie Brown in particular thinking, like, she was so funny. I know. And, and seeing a woman be that sort of, like, irreverent and funny, it was, like, part of of the reason that's when I would start like emulating stand-up comics and like with the Julie Brown show, like that's where my sense of comedy and like my, my stand-up comedy, like little buds started growing. Yeah. She didn't even know she had this background. She had a huge, she was huge in the eighties, even early nineties. She was doing albums. She was in a bunch of TV shows. She was doing Mm -hmm. movies, but then there was another on MTV. I don't know what from. uh, There was later on on MTV. There was another about maybe in the late eighties, mostly early nineties. I would say another Julie Brown, downtown Julie Brown came on the the scene and she was a VJ at the same time. Julie Brown was on. So Julie Brown ended up, I think changing her name to, just Julie or something like that yeah. because everybody was confusing the two Julie Browns. I remember yeah. that. Do you remember Nina, the, you might, 
other Julie Brown, her what was her downtown wubba wubba wubba? She was British. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She had an accent. Yeah. Oh, MTV. She was in a bunch of movies though. Yes. She was yeah, in Julie um, Brown was Camp Rock. Camp Rock on yes. MTV. Is that what you are thinking? <laughs> she also was in um, Happy That's Days in the eighties. Very real. She did Laverne and Shirley in the eighties, early eighties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where I would have known her. I'm sorry. I got this kind of mean on my dog. Apologies. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> but yeah, do you, you can remember see that Lena's holding up a squirt bottle to, to, to squirt the her tiny yes. baby? Of water. Of water. No, it's oh, vodka. Right. She's gonna get her drug drunk. No, that <laughs> doctor, so she'll take a nap. <laughs> no, Alitas. <laughs> she was in an. There was a show in the eighties called Scarecrow, Mrs. Mr. King, and yes. she used to do guest spots on that show. And I remember seeing her in that. Was show. that a kid show? No, it was no, not. No, no, a no. Then I didn't show. see it. Yeah. yeah. Um. What, yeah, Tony? What did this movie mean to you? Let's. Wow. How old were you, you when you saw it? I was probably. I had to be around fourteen or fifteen. I think when it came when I actually saw it because I remember seeing it, the ads for it, but my mom would not like, she would not take me to the movies, but I remember it coming on HBO and seeing it on HBO. And my mom was like, once I told her, Oh, it's a musical. She was like, okay, that's fine. And let would let me watch, like, let us watch it. And I remember I the, that. I know, I remember the, the first old musical time, loophole, right? <laughs> There's music in it. I remember I the first time. I actually had that loophole as a evangelical kid. So yeah, there you go. The first time I watched it, I was like just eye candy for me. Oh my god, I was yeah. like obsessed with it. I was obsessed with Julie Brown. The, I mean. There's two iconic things to every gay boy. There is a makeover in the movie, and there is a yeah. dance battle in the movie. Every so, single thing, yes. How could you not like dance it? Dance battle, right? There's there was a dance battle. Make- There's several makeovers in this movie. Yeah, yeah. They come in strong with a makeover musical number. Yes. Twice over. So Off the bat. And did you notice? Um, this was the other thing when I remember watching it for the first time. In the very first um number that they do, the makeover number, um, I forget the name of the song. I think it's like I forget the name of it. But anyways, there are two sets of twins in that musical oh. number. And I always thought that was the coolest thing. Being an identical oh, twin. twin. Yes. Yeah. I was like, they're twins. Those girls are twins too. Yeah. The two black girl dancers in the front, right? Yes, and then the yeah. other two that look like old ladies with the brown hair. With the, yeah. And they did. The, the, they were doing the um the soil scrub on the wall. Yes, they were doing yes. that scrub on the ladies. Yes, yes, yes. The but choreography yeah. in those scenes and the tight knit choreography yeah. where they're doing kicks past each other's shoulders and all, yeah, I was blown away, especially because like that's what I feel like we see in current day movies, yeah. like Greatest Showman. But I don't remember seeing that kind of stuff in musical movies from the eighties, nineties, or yeah. whatever. I just loved the visuals of it and how campy it was and how over the top it was. And it just was so, I remember stimulating like just the color Mm -hmm. and it was so, the one thing I remember as a kid when I watched it, how fun it was. Like I remember the film being fun, but like you, Brent, all of the underwindows, it just flew right over my head. I was like, okay, well, I don't get that, but this is fun. There's aliens, <laughs> yeah, and then they turn into hot guys. And oh, they're not super gonna hot. like that. Yes. He goes home with me. No, he, he goes, goes home with me. me. No, ladies. He goes. <laughs> I don't think that I've ever found Jim Carrey to be like a super attractive man, but yeah. in until this movie? this movie. Until this movie. Did you know the language that they speak throughout the whole movie, The Aliens, is just the line said backwards? How, who figured that out? Who did that for them? I, I actually no was going to say it sounded similar to Pig Latin. I was just Pig Latin. Yes. Yeah. And obviously Pig Latin is that with extra syllables. But there were times where I was like, it's just really I funny. I think this is Pig Latin. Yeah. <laughs> the Even other the thing opening that, scenes when they're, when huh? they're doing the subtitles oh, yeah, and yeah. stuff, like they're, they're, they're like, oh, look, it's a woman. Oh, she's taking off her breast protector. And I was like, <laughs> how would an alien? No, that what a breast protector. Was a breast protector yeah, exactly. Was. Well, because the holographic image that he was trying to like bang into working, I assume like an old school VCR, had women 
with bikini tops on. So it was like an alien lady. Yeah. Yes. So how would However, yeah. she was furry and still had a bikini top on, <laughs> which meant in their world, they had a conception of breasts and breast protectors. You know what else I love is that they were horny but respectful. The other thing I found interesting with this film was that this was the first pairing of Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum, who went on to star in Transylvania, um, six. What is it? Six through five thousand. That movie, mm-hmm. and then The Fly. I was gonna say, were they engaged at this time? Do no. we know? Because they were together for. Oh, this I is like, how they met. Yes. Yes. So, just FYI, none of those movies have I seen. The fly? You've never seen, seen the, the fly? fly? How can you? Nope. Oh my gosh. So Why am I not surprised? Me. So, because of this film, um, Damon Wayans and Jim Carrey, that's how they got in Living Color because they did it two years later. I, yeah. Oh, it was two years later. I yeah. assumed that they had been cast from In Living Color. That was my no, assumption. No, because oh. In Living Color didn't start till the early 90s or like 91, maybe. Or I used 90. to love In Living Color. Yeah, me yeah. too. But yeah. Smart of them to pay attention to their dynamic in the movie because also the whole thing I kept thinking was this movie really exhibits improv actors' skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like for sure. Jim Carrey and Damon Wayans. Like, of course, you know, Jeff Goldblum, whatever, good actor, whatever. But like, we really got to see them shine with their mimicry and their impersonations of all of that yeah because a lot of the stuff jim carrey was known for and what he's known for he it was like the first time seeing it in this film you know what i mean which is really like i totally forgot all about that till i watched it the second time the film also it only made i think three point three or four million in the box office and um the reviews were mixed mixed like travesty uh, yes what is his name Uh, with the two famous older guys that siskel siskel and ebert the one the the ones who doxed mrs Voorhees. yes yeah. So they said that the film Poor was, lady. I forget what they said, trashy, so, sure. th- something trashy, unbelievable, dumb, or whatever. But Oh, unbelievable? Al- it's yeah. unbelievable that but an alien said- would crash land in a pool in the valley? <laughs> All right, Siskel and Ebert. But they ended the review with saying that it was a ton of fun. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. The other thing I found interesting was the filmmaker was French. And you know, in the dream scene, when Gina Davis afterwards, you see the original 1946 Beauty and the Beast film um, in there. I noticed that. Yes. And it's because the filmmaker was French and he wanted to pay homage to French cinema. So he put that in the dream sequence. That dream sequence is so, so weird gnarly, isn't and it? out of place. It's and so you're like, bizarre. What is happening? And what I, is the meaning of it? The, the, the woman with I all love the, the nightmare and the lady, the I tiny lady. It, in the I'm fridge. on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The what's it called? The it reminded me of. I'm like, did they get Total Recall? Get it? Get yeah. that idea from the woman with the four breasts. <laughs> when Doctor Love is like the girl with all the boobs, and then yeah. The tiny lady in the fridge. I'm like, what is this? (laughs) The tiny lady in the fridge. I totally forgot about that. Oh, no, I got that. It was her mother-in-law. She was fearing. Oh, yeah, her mother-in-law. I like the neighbor, the the, the crazy neighbor. Mrs. Merkin. And just for our audience, everyone knows what a Merkin is, right? Explain it, Bryn. Just in case. A Merkin is if you, in stage or screen. If you are going to be doing a nude scene, um, it's basically a hairpiece for your genitals. Yes. So <laughs> is that the best way I could have put it? I was trying to be nice. It's a toupee uh, for the ween. A toupee for the ween. The ween or the ween. Toupee. Yeah. And I love that her name was Mrs. Merkin. I know. <laughs> Can we talk about Gina Davis's body? Is ridiculous in this film. A oh, little too skinny, yeah. but ridiculous. Yeah. I'm yeah. like gold bloom and Davis peak peak sexuality. Yeah. Did you like, find oh. did you find even when you first watched the first time Brynn and now um Jeff Goldblum sexy at all? Yeah. Yeah, I did. S- yeah. Surprisingly, you wouldn't think Jeff Goldblum as a oh. like hunk. 
or well, a sex symbol. Especially next to like a young Jim Carrey and next to a young Damon yeah. Wayans, you wouldn't think like, oh, I'm pop Jeff Goldblum in there. Yeah, but, but you he smolders like out. nobody's business. It's, it's his so smile. It's his little smirk. The other, another fun fact about this film is in the in the eighties, and I know Bryn remembers this. There was a there was a person called Angeline, and she was the original yes. like Paris Hilton Kardashian. She was famous for nothing really. For she was famous for being famous, and she got that way because she apparently her husband, as so she says, was a he was into like he did billboards and graphics and all that, and he was bored, so he would take pictures of her and put up billboards that just said Angeline of her all over Hollywood, and that's how she became famous. So she makes a cameo in the film, and she's and she's so well known like through pop culture because of her pink Corvette and just being like the Barbie doll pretty much. Yeah. And what I found fascinating is I remember her seeing her picture and her story as a kid. And I totally forgot she was in this film. And then when yeah. I was doing research for the film, Peacock streaming has a movie coming out later this year called Angeline, which is based on her whole life. No way. Yes. He's playing her. Um, do you know um, the movie version of Phantom of the Opera, the girl that plays Christine? And she's in Shameless. The oldest Emmy Rossum. Yeah, what? she's playing Angeline. You got to check out the trailer. It is so interesting. Slight brunette. That's wild. But we have live stream that. Can we watch it as an episode? That would be so much fun. Uh, But we have a clip uh, for people who may not who are watching this the video version. Um, We have a clip from the movie. This is a clip of when Angeline actually shows up in the film. So good. Amazing. Where are they, man? They're in that green pile of junk. Excuse me, could you back up? I need to get some unleaded. Back up, back up, back up. Back up. <laughs> it makes me laugh. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, I was like super surprised when I rewatched. I was like, oh, I remember her from when I was a kid in the eighties. Yeah, and the, that bizarre. Ev- everything about her, the the boobs and the outfit, and she she drives that um pink. pink. Is it a Lamborghini? A Corvette or in the film. Corvette, yeah. and she is she driving still drives around Hollywood with it till this what? day. Yeah. Really? She's yeah. alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's alive. Yeah. What does she look like? That, but Same. just older. older. <laughs> I was gonna much. say more plastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's insane. I but, just love that this was such a nod to Southern California oh, culture. So much that, like, they had Angeline in it, and they had the you know the blondes at the beach, and it was just well that like, that musical number. Um, but I'm a blonde was not in the the film when they did it. It was added in after. After the film was done, when it was wrapped, they added it in to make up time for the deleted scenes, which for a lot of people who know this film, um, know this, this (laughs) song from the film. It is like, I was so obsessed with this. I I I don't know how to explain it. The whole time that she's singing it, I'm like. I know that this should be like sort of like offensive. It's a stereotype that wants or whatever, but it is so goddamn fun. It is so funny and fun. And they're like just playing around with it. And then when they have the brunette girl, they're all yelling at her. (laughs) And she's like reading the book and how to date a dude. And they're like, how to get dates. (laughs) And Julie Brown singing in her blonde wig, (laughs) in her terrible wig. Terrible wig. It's all shiny like she just got it out of the bag. (laughs) So dumb. Do you think um, it was a lot that the song, now listening back to it, it's very tongue-in-cheek and she's poking fun at the whole blonde stereotype, which also in the film, it's funny because you would think, oh, they're making their... Um, women blonde they have to look this way but the whole part of the film where they're in the nightclub the song playing in the background is a song Julie Brown wrote says I like them big and dumb referring to guys are big and dumb and it's like total opposite of it's like making the male in the film 
the dumb blonde. Yes. And I thought it was so interesting that you have this number, but I'm a blonde. And then you have, but I, the blondes singing, I like them big and stupid. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I like the message in this really was okay. So I, I obviously like her, like completely changing her look to go home, Gina Davis to go yeah. home and like surprise her fiance is like never change yourself but julie brown does say like in the movie she's like you should never let a guy get you like this like when you know immediately when um you know she finds out that it happens like julie brown's like just go out party get another <laughs> she's like you know you're gonna be <laughs> yeah. fine like this movie really is like women should just be fine doing it on their own and it really was like yeah. empowering for women i bet you there are so many people watching this and they're like you are so stupid stupid should we listen to but i'm a blonde yes for please, people to get Danny. a taste of it yes i'm a blonde yeah 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 That's one of the parts I love is when she's like, I have this philosophy. So what? So what? <laughs> and then the other part of that song that's later in that part of the, the movie is when she's like, I did a film. Um, What's the line? Duck Magnum. Duck, duck Magnum. <laughs> <laughs> when I rewatched it this, this week, I was like, oh, my God. I remember as a kid just thinking so it was so good. good. <laughs> so funny like so tongue-in-cheek yeah so another little fun fact about this film well not really fun but charles rocket the guy who played dr ted he got fired from snl because on one of the skits what what who what character did he play producer he was Rob? on you know snl this. yeah he was playing jr from dallas and at the end of the snl you know when they come out and they say thank you and everything. He stayed in his costume in the wheelchair and in character. And one of the other people had asked him, like, I forget what they asked him, but he said, I'm trying to, I'm waiting to figure out who fucking killed me as JR. And he, it was on air. He's not dropped allowed the to cuss. And he got fired and the producer and some of the cast as well. But the tragic thing with him was the way he died in they He's found dead? him. Yes, they found He's him. So, he looked so young. I know. They found him in a field near oh, his house. No. I want to say Connecticut or somewhere like that with his um, throat slit. Oh, my and, God. Yes. And the homis, the the detective said it wasn't a homicide and they ruled it as a suicide. Bullshit. I, Bullshit. Thank you. That's what I thought Bullshit. when I read it. This is some Phil Hartman shit. Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't believe it. Isn't that it. bizarre? Let's get the My Favorite Murder Girls on this. Like, <laughs> no, How did no, this happen? No, let's get the Don't Fuck With Cats on the internet people on this. Yeah, no. Don't Fuck With Cats. Yeah, because if I want to kill myself, I will often take myself to a field. field. And yeah. cut my throat. I don't know. Elliot Smith Which stabbed himself in the heart. No, so, I don't know. It's such We're a stabbed. risky way because there's so many ways you can fuck that shit up. Fuck it up, yeah. And why? Like, I don't know. Why would he shoot? If you're gonna go to a field, shoot yourself in the temple. And shoot he was an actor, so obviously had some money to buy a gun. If he was, that gonna. is, I wild. don't know. It's just it seems That's like one of those bullshit. one of those Hollywood stories that I'm like, oh, there's more to that. That someday it's friend of the out. Clintons. I I have I, no idea. Don't. I know. Um, <laughs> Was he a friend of the Trumps? <laughs> Who knows? Um, no. Well, was he? Maybe. Who knows? But all in all, the film, for me, um, it was just so good. It was so, so good, good when I first watched it and now. Um, so 
I'm curious to get Jonesy's point of view on this because she never, this is the first time she's ever seen it. First time she's ever heard of it. And she's yeah. hated all of our all other of a, Yeah. And this one, I was very happy when I got the text. Like, I love it. So what is your initial take on this film, Lena? Okay. And wait, can I just point out for the people at home who are just listening to the podcast? Yeah. Um, Lena, our, our different Jonesy has curled her hair up a la Gina Davis, very curly, very permy. If you're watching, you can see, but if you're at home, just it's luscious and curly and just, you can appreciate. Well, now she's messing it up. God damn it. (laughs) Okay. Jonesy, give us, give us your take on the film. Guess what guys? Uh, I'm not, not naturally curly haired. So there's, it's not a total success. It looks great. However, let's just pretend I look like Gina Davis in the final scene when she decides you, Mac, or Mr. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. The aliens' names are what? Mac? Mac. Mac. Zebo. Zebo. And Murmur. Weepaw. We, I can't remember. Whiplock. Something Whiplock. Like there you go. Yeah. Yeah, Whiplock. So, Jonesy, what was your take on this movie watching it the first time? I loved it. I appreciated all parts of it. It was not something that I felt like I couldn't uh, get behind because it didn't stand up to the test of time. I very much recognized the time frame it was in and it worked for me. I loved the dance off with the Wayans brother and the other guy. And he's like, dance with a zero. <laughs> I know. Why dance with a zero when you could dance with a hero? No, Wayne. I know. Why dance with a hero? I'm going to say that next time I'm out. <laughs> repeatedly, he was like, "Want to dance with a zero? All through the movie, that was his tagline. Want to dance Loved with a zero? <laughs> um, I also felt like this was the exact perfect like '80s movie for me, even though yeah. I was watching it 30 years some odd later. Um, that makes me feel bad. I love <laughs> this movie. I love it. I That's wish good. this was one of the ones that I wish people had shown me sooner. So you could rewatch it, appreciate it, and like yes. really get into the music, learn the like your favorite lines, all of that good stuff. It also right? like I know it it's extremely misogynistic in a lot of places. However, as a theater professional, this was the misogyny I could get behind because this was the misogyny I played into to get the parts I wanted to get to. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. And I know that's bad. Well, was How- it, for both of you, was it a problematic in the film watching it over? Not to me. No? It wasn't as bad. The only part that I was like, this is kind of bad, is when they make that um, nurse strip. Oh, and, and the, the guy, guy in the, the cast, cast refuses yeah. to use the call button. I was like, I don't like that. So, but oh, I totally forgot. She's the same nurse that started to yeah. go into she an didn't affair. Know. She was like, I'm not into your weird stuff. What's happening? She was very Did- upfront about it. So, I have two little additional things about the film. You know, the scene with that nurse with the cactus? Where she first gets yeah. stabbed. So when they first filmed that the cactus was the needles were not showing up on film whatsoever. So they had to put nail polish on all of them so they would actually show up on film. That's so funny. And and she what a weird detail. Repeatedly for I know. <laughs> you know she did. <laughs> She's like, get that off of me. What are you doing? The other thing is, is you know the scene where the two cops in the car and then yes. he does a love touch and then mm-hmm. they become, if you watch right before when they get in the car and you look at the little thing dangling from the window, it says tight butts drive me nuts yeah and i found it so funny that they had that and then they yes. tie into a gay scene so i'm like maybe they were lovers to begin with to begin with well because i was thinking like does that just unlock like really what you want yeah. in your heart that love touch if so was her fiance really wanting to bone her cat the whole time <laughs> and what was okay so was the love touch a nod to like e like ecstasy? Well, do you notice the way they filmed it? It kind of had that with the, the moving touching. and the lighting. And and yeah. 
Well, yeah, and also know. I have mm. to say, she had that whole moment in the back seat where she was like, give the love touch. I will give my persuasion. And he's like, no, no, but then you'll love them. And he's, she's like, no, no, trust me. So she fully was not expecting them. And that's why I thought yeah. it was a beautiful moment because it was like, oh, these two police officers were already in love, love with each, each other, other. Yeah. and just needed to get over their machismo. Exactly. Yeah. The whole aspect of like, no, no, put the love potion on them and I'll sway them because surely the tight butts and I'm Gina Davis and look at my body is a sign that they'll like me and they'll listen. And I actually thought, even though I realize it could be a very like kind of stereotypically homophobic moment, but like it could have been also interpreted as a beautiful moment of like these guys who were too macho to recognize who were always in love with each other and then got given this like love potion and sure they could have what everyone thought was going to happen was they were going to go for the hot chick in the back and she was going to like sway them to something yeah and how romantical no it's my daughter oh okay Um, um, they actually loved each, other. loved each other and then at the end he's like max like good luck house hunting and i was yeah. like they have plans already also yeah! too to put this in the film in 1988 you mm-hmm. know what i mean you gotta also and think make I it think, a sweet moment yes. yeah and i think maybe younger people who may see it now may have a problem with it and be like this is blah 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 whatever but i don't I think you got to take into consideration when the film was absolutely made. And stuff, you know and what I, I mean? Think they, they made it sweet, like they. You so, know? in our chat room, Michael Perry, who's watching, hi, Michael. Uh, he asked, hi, Michael. Did Gina Davis get a boob job after the movie? That is a great question. I wonder. That if is she a great did. question. Beetlejuice, or um, the what was the one where she was the assassin? Oh um, yeah, with um, or what Samuel about um, the, the pirate one? Oh, the treasure island. Yeah. Let's like, also face facts that boosting bras are a beautiful thing. That's true. True. So, Jonesy, Which, now we're going to get into oh, yeah. what would your parents have thought about this? Oh, would gosh, this yeah. be a film back then that they would have been like, ah, uh-uh, and why? Being uh, growing up very Christian and all of the, all of that good stuff. So let me just move the flat part of my bang lena's playing with her perm i know she's playing with no the one perm. can see yeah i tried to do a, a davis look i had one part of my bang that did not cooperate so this is my best gina davis look you guys we'll take a picture for instagram there you go okay give that? us your feelings on um your parents what did what so, mon paul jones would have never liked it from the get-go because of the title yeah um Earth girls, Earth girls are easy, easy to get along with. Yeah, you could have sold it to them that way. And easy then they to convert. Like, okay. Um, okay. So when this movie came out, I was six. So there was no me selling them to <laughs> something that they were already aware of. This wasn't like, you know, it's the year 2000 and I'm a high school senior trying to sell them on yeah. why Scream is acceptable and not scary. Um, no, um, the reason why I didn't see this movie is one, because of the title. And then two, uh, one big thing that I kept recognizing in this movie with my upbringing is how much purity culture infects, um, a marriage, a lifestyle job sought. So, so hold on, purity yeah, culture. Give define, us a definite yes for people yeah, who may define. not know what purity culture. Okay, is. so um, purity culture can mean everything as extreme as um, you know. You see the Mormon girls who wear the denim uh, ankle length skirts and never cut their hair. You know that's usually associated with the extreme kind of Mormonism, but there's also different kind of. Uh, evangelical sex that also get into that. Um, so sex, the my, not sex. Sex. S-E-C-T-S. Not sex. 
Correct. Um, no, 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 no. So the purity culture that happens when it's not that extreme is basically um, you learn slowly as a female that everything you wear and do will invite sexual activity because men are dirty, dirty heathens that cannot be controlled. And it's our job as females to control them by limiting them with what they see, experience, feel, hear. And then if it still accelerates, we are responsible for shutting them down. And if we don't, you know, rape, molestation, it's still our fault. Um, other ways that purity culture happens is it's not good to wear makeup. It's not good to wear <laughs> sleeveless clothing. Tony and I, our eyes are bulging out of our heads right now. I, I, okay. I purposefully wore a lot of makeup and did my hair and wore sleeveless clothing because I am a sinner. Well, we knew that. I know, but so how would purity culture tie into this film? Okay, so how purity culture ties into this film is um, the damsel, Gina Davis, would never have been put in a situation of her husband being cheating on her if she was not so vapid and materialistic to care about the external things like nails, hair, makeup, if she just didn't care about those things and only cared about being a wife and doing jobs that contributed to the household or to a greater sensibility of the Christian good, their marriage or their potential marriage would have never had introduced uh, negative sinful things mm -hmm. that would then lead to greater desire. In other words, if she never wore makeup, she didn't do, she wasn't a nail technician and she didn't care about her hair, her husband would also not care about those things because they as a family whole would not care about those things. They would also be living separately. So it would not matter about their sex life because they weren't married yet. their marriage okay. okay because none of these frivolous things like appearances nails hair makeup how outside world perceives of the us if we don't invite them into our life they cannot infect us and then make us not appreciate each other on a basic level so that is what purity culture kind of, I've used it and displayed it to fit this. And I'm sure a lot of people, if they're listening, will argue with me. There's a lot more variables to it. But the entirety of this movie would not exist in the Christendom because... We don't care about those frivolous things. So your husband would never stray or your potential husband would never stray because we don't care about those frivolous things. And that's not what we as a couple lift up as. Yeah. That's, that's wild because I, I, I guess I, I never thought of it as like, if you wear makeup, then that's what your family finds important. And then you're like opening up the door to your husband cheating on you. I've never heard that before. It, Cause I thought yeah. my understanding was like, <laughs> purity culture was like, your vagina is bad. Hide it away. No, it's that too. But it's also, it's also about, this. okay. It's also about, about the vanity of it. ever being mm -hmm. a sexual being. And also your husband never encountering a sexual being. And that's why it doesn't work. So the whole reason why this film would not work within the evangelical Christian thing is because of that, is because through the whole 
movie, Valerie's character. It was about appearance. Appearance, yeah. She is the okay. villain. Got it. So she, so in the that, villain. she <laughs> would be the villain, Correct. not Dr. Ted, who what? in the film says at one point, he needs her to take care of him. Yes, Correct. you have to take. I'm care like of you me. are a grown man. Take care of yourself. <laughs> and then when he asked that doctor to cover his shift, I like, know. Like, Just because I'm getting married doesn't mean we can't date. Oh, in purity culture, it would absolutely be the fault of Gina Davis's character of not being um, a wholesome enough woman. Yeah. That a wholesome yeah. enough woman to to keep her man from straying correct that is gonna disagree with that i know that is some fucked up shit no i'm not i'm not saying it's right i know i know you're just saying what why yes so this is the point in the the show where we are gonna give it a grade we're gonna start with you brent so when let's hear how for you this film held up and if you're gonna stick to the grade you originally gave it which was an a minus i give it a b B. you gave it a b plus um, um, yeah, let us know then and now. I'm taking, I'm taking my nostalgia goggles off. Yes. And telling you I'm giving it an A+. Plus. Ah, yay! A+, plus, A+. Plus. So much better than I remember it. Like, <laughs> 100% I delighted. Yes. I, I was tickled the whole night. Yeah. So Tony. for me, um, I think I originally gave it a B because I thought it wasn't going to hold up. I have to go with you, Brent. A+. Plus. A plus and a little note. Watch this film, Super Stoned. It's like ten times better. Oh it my is, god! Makes, yeah, it puts you in such a good mood. Just Ooh, what the music would we alone. Pair, what will we pair it with then? Let's pair it with uh, like an edible. I would say or a full, like a bowl. I would pair it with a. I would do an edible about 40, 45 minutes before the movie starts, so you kicks in right at the peak where the aliens start. Doing yeah. the makeover and all of you that. Makeover scene. Yes. What would you pair alcohol with it? What drink um, would you pair? I it was with? gonna say like a fruity cocktail and then the um like uh, cheese. No. Whiz. Margarita. Hello. Margarita. <laughs> a can. A can, a can margarita. of margarita. Because Julie Brown through the whole film, she keeps referencing margarita. So have a margarita. So and then a um, can margarita and cheese. And whiz. a low-fat pop-tart that's totally natural. And yeah, cheese an whiz. organic <laughs> low-fat pop-tart and cheese whiz. <laughs> there, that's 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 perfect. Okay. So Jonesy, yeah. what are you gonna give grade-wide this film? Seeing it for the very, very, very first time ever. Ten plus. Ten. I loved it. That's an a I love it so much. So this will be the first film all of us have given an A plus to. A plus, yeah, all of yeah. us. Yeah. Also, I feel like okay, being someone who has no nostalgia. Yeah. It holds up because you can watch it recognizing, like, obviously, I don't get offended. By the phallic ships landing deploy. <laughs> I have to say, Michael, yes, I miss Julie Brown too. <laughs> After watching this film, I was like, oh my God, where is she at? Where is she at? Come back. We forgot to do our six degrees of separation. Oh, I can do it really right. quickly. Can okay. you? Okay, we had picked okay. Gina Davis. Because I can't. To John Vlad. Can't, well, Jean Claude Van Damme. Thank you, Brent. Which I've never <laughs> seen a single Jean Claude Van Damme movie. Okay. We got to watch Bloodsport like. to get to, at yes, some point. Blood okay, how did you get to this? Because okay, I couldn't figure so it out. So, Jean Claude Van Damme is in Time Cop with Mia Sarah. <gasps> oh, wow. Mia Sarah is in um, Legend with Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is in Top Gun with Meg Ryan. Shit. Meg Ryan is in Prelude to a Kiss with Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin is in Beetlejuice with Gina Davis. <laughs> How does she do this? I don't know. Every week, I don't know how she does it. That's insane. And then we still we still have to pick our next movie so everyone can watch along. Wait, before it. we do that, Lena, have you ever seen Legend with Tom Cruise? No, because no. it would have been the devil. We got to watch that. It's literally the good, devil. It's literally yeah. the devil. So good. There was I a guy with devil movie. horns in it, yes. and then there was a Scientologist. Of what course, I knew one. What if that was the one movie her parents were like? Yeah, She's like, it. yeah, that one's fine. The devil's in it. No, good. Fine. That's good. <laughs> Okay, Jonesy. Yes, but okay, Jonesy. We'll start with you first. Final thoughts on the movie in two, like in a sentence. Loved it. Watch it. Even if you're sheltered, it holds up. Do it. Yes, and Bryn. 
Final thoughts um, before we pick our next movie? Colorful horniness. <laughs> if you like these things, if you like these things, please watch and enjoy this movie with us. I'm going to say watch it just for Julie Brown. Yeah. Then go on YouTube and look up all of the Julie Brown shit. <laughs> That's what I'm it, doing tonight. It'll, you'll get into a K-hole, a Julie Brown K-hole so fast. Julie's it'll be got amazing. a gun. No, she did a parody. Yeah, it was called, what was it called? God, now I can't think of it. Um, prom, the prom queen. Do you remember this? So good. It's so, so good. So good. So bad. <laughs> so good. No, so bad. it's so campy. Her music. I it's love campy. it. <laughs> so okay. So our next week's film is Bryn's pick. What are we gonna do, Bryn? It's my pick. So I thought next time. So we've done some campy stuff. Yes. I thought we... we would go full drama, oh. grit, seriousness. Okay. Tombstone. Tombstone. We're getting into the 90s. 1990s. 90s? That's epic. Yeah. Do you, okay, Jonesy, what oh, do, do you think the, this film is about? Based do we have the poster of, for her? Um, I don't, no, I don't need the poster. Okay, I go ahead. I almost went there on a vacation. This is kind of self-explanatory from the title. Right, okay. so. <laughs> Tombstone was a town. Where? It went down. <laughs> And some other cowboys and other racists and brothel madams tried to not make shit go down. However, they all failed because eventually the town just failed. That's That's the movie. Close enough. Close enough. Bryn, how how old were you when you first saw this movie and what would the grade be? I was far too young. I was probably in like the fourth grade. Okay. And what did what would you have given? What would you grade a, the movie? It's one of my favorite movies. Okay. We'll see if that. When was the that, last time you watched it? Yeah. Um, probably a year ago. Okay. Wow. Okay. Oh, okay. So for me, I was probably in my twenties when I watched it, and I haven't watched it in a good fifteen years. But this movie reminds me of my grandfather. So. I was yeah. going to say, why do you like this Western film, which is a genre I would never relate to you, but to now that you say it's your grandfather. Yeah. And I, it's, yeah. it's Tombstone, Arizona. My family's all in Tucson, yeah. close enough and to the there. So. Tombstone and they got that pizza. pizza? <laughs> the pizza? pizza? Yeah. Tombstone pizza. pizza. Yeah. Pizza? Yeah. We'll get into pizza. it on the next okay, episode. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I give it, okay, so I give it an A. I'm going to give it... Um, I'm going to give it a B, not a B minus or a B plus, solid B. Solid B? Yeah, and we'll see what Jonesy gives the next week. But, you guys, that is our show for this week. You can follow us on Instagram. We are Film Springa on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Go give us a follow. You can see the video, our podcast here on the YouTube channel of Who Invited Her. But the podcast version of this is going to drop, I believe it's... September 16th around there you're gonna get all five episodes at once so then you can binge listen to it and all that yeah so you can't see my horrible looks but by the time this comes out they'll already be listening to the podcast that's Jesus saying that (laughs) get a tombstone pizza and watch tombstone this week yeah, watch Tombstone and then listen to five episodes of our podcast. There you go. But this week, if you're going to join us for the live show on YouTube, go watch Tombstone and then come back next week and chat with us about it because I'm curious to see what other people think about it. Maybe yeah, I'll me too. I'm scared. Like a Tombstone. <laughs> Maybe you'll be a Western know. girl with a saloon girl. There you go. Oh, oh Michael hey. Perry said Young Guns. I remember Young Guns. I used to love Young that movie. Young Guns. Oof. Do you remember Never that? Never seen it. It's yes, so what, was, what was the girl cowboy movie that they did with it was, uh, Drew um, Barrymore? With Drew Barrymore, and Madeline Stowe. Stowe. 
Was it bad, uh, bad girl, ba- bad girls? Or no, because like I was gonna say girls on the side, but that's another Drew Barrymore no. one. With Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was it called? What I, I want to say it was called Bad Girls. It is called it Bad up. Girls. Is it? It is. I have bad to girls. look it up, and then next week we will we'll talk about Stowe, that. Yeah. No, wasn't Never she in Last it. of the Mahawkins? She last in the yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you. Yes, she yeah. was great in that. Well, but hot. that is our show, you guys, and Thanks, we will guys. see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>